The Spanish Announce Table. You have found Pro Wrestling's best podcast right here on the Spanish Announce Table. I'm Tim. That's Tom. We watch pro wrestling and we like talking to pro wrestling friends and we need some pro wrestling friends. So we won't you join us, please. Right. We're on the live stream here. Uh, this is Wednesday night. If you're listening back later on the podcast, right after dynamite, we normally do this Thursdays, but, uh, Tom is going to hang out at the NFL draft tomorrow. Oh to get Tom's boy. Whereabouts out on the internet. No, uh, no, no. But, Go ahead. uh, that's because the NFL draft is in Kansas city. Another fun fact about this show we are both broadcasting live from Kansas City, but we're not in the same state. Isn't, Isn't that, that great? Isn't that fun? That is great. Yeah, yeah I love that. We're not that. in the same That's city. Fun. We're both broadcasting from Kansas City, but we're not in the same city. We're not even in the same state. But you'll be at the NFL draft. You'll mm-hmm. be hanging out. You'll probably be calling the seventh pick for the Buccaneers. Who's this? I don't fucking know. Um, yeah, it'll probably be traded in the house. Yeah, right. So uh, you're going to be up on stage, I bet you. I think you got a routine with the cheerleaders, right? So you're going to be down. I definitely have. I definitely have conversations ready for Bengals and Bills fans. So if you'd like to talk to me, Bengals and Bills fans would love to have that conversation. I'll be the guy in the Chiefs shirt. Yeah, yeah, I'll be in the (laughs) I'll be in the Super Bowl winning Patrick Mahomes uh, jersey and the Super Bowl winning uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, hat. So, Bengals, Bills fans would love to have that conversation. Probably hey, socks maybe, and underwear as well. But and maybe I can see your team's Vince Lombardi trophies, which uh, you don't have, but you can see our three. How fun is that? You know nothing, towns pieces so of. So you're going to be hanging out at the draft, which is fun, and it, the draft is so fun because right now we got the NFL draft going on, and we have. WWE is going to have a draft here coming. I don't know. Isn't that great? Like that? It's coming up Friday and Monday, and in three mm-hmm. weeks it won't fucking matter. Isn't in that Three awesome? weeks it won't matter. Three weeks oh. Roman Reigns will win this new WWE <laughs> well, he'll just World be on Raw Championship. Anyhow, yeah, Part he'll two. just show yeah. up, and he'll be like, I have a Kevin Owens problem, and just still be on the fucking show because they have low ratings. Oh, but the draft is going to be unique. Go fuck yourselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, we've got a we've got a special rule. It's called the borrow the superstar weekly, and each week we get to borrow another superstar. Fucking losers! Borrow the superstar weekly actually yeah. sounds like, it, and it'll be sponsored by HomeAdvisor.com. All right, yep. so Tom, we got draft fever because there's so much draft talk going on. WWE's got a draft, NFL's got a draft. Well, Spanish announce table, hot damn! The pro wrestling's best podcast got to have a draft. So we recorded last night pro wrestling's best mock draft and i tell you we had a great time that's oh, gonna yeah. be coming out here soon uh i've been working on it but it's you know it's a free podcast so uh you know it's gonna take some time and you'll get it when you get it which is is all the better because you can go to spanish announce table.substack.com and uh you can make it less than free, right? You can make it. Uh, you can you can donate a little bit of your money on there with some links up there, or maybe buy a shirt, the Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. Tees link on there of the Spanish Town Table stuff, uh, and help us, uh, you know, keep the lights on at this place so we can keep churning out content like Pro Wrestling's best mock draft. Tom, I had a blast last night. Did you have a blast on this mock draft? I had. It was one of the best times recording audio with you, Tim. It was so much fun to go back and forth. Uh, for those who don't know, we didn't know each other's picks going into 
the video. So it was fun to learn in real time how bad Tim picked and how awesome I was. And it was also really great to just I have fun. Uh, we'll see. Oh, that's the other thing. Once it once it is posted across all of our social medias, which again we uh, we probably would recommend first going to SpanishAnnounceTable.substack.com uh, to find all the links. But you can vote to see uh, how I beat Tim, and then vote for me. That would be great. Um, but yeah, so much fun. And here's the thing Are that you George Santos. God, man, <laughs> drink soap. That was horrible comment. Oh drink my God. soap. Oh my God. Like I'm going to write that one down. Drink uh, soap. Yeah. This might be an episode title coming right <laughs> early in the show. Well, one of my favorite things after we were done recording is just understanding, because we did 20 picks each, right? Tim did 20 picks. I did 20 picks. And it was astounding to realize how many people we didn't get to. There are so many oh, wrestlers that we didn't pick. Spoiler alert, just for fun, to give you a kind of who's not on our list, AJ Styles made neither of our lists, and he's one of the best wrestlers of all time. Like, Seth Rollins, it was I crazy. Can't remember. I can't remember if uh, offhand, did Seth Rollins make a list? Seth Rollins made a list. He did, Seth Rollins right. made a list. Seth yeah, Rollins yeah. made a list. That's right. Yep. Now I remember. Baron Corbin, yeah, though, did not make a list. No Baron Corbin. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, solid. He would have been a solid Brooke. draft pick. Dana, Dana Brooke. Brooke didn't make it. I mean, goddamn. I know. Might be in Nails. For both of us. Nails yeah. didn't get on the list. <laughs> All right. Glacier um, so didn't make it. <laughs> that's coming out soon, but we implore you, please, if you like this kind of content, Again, SpanishAnnounceTable.substack.com. Mm. Lawyers are in the work to make that a, a little bit uh, easier to, for you. To, to make that easier for you into SpanishAnnounceTable.net, but stay tuned for that. Now, subscribe. It's free to subscribe, right? You can get in early, right? Mm -hmm. Get in early. Founders member. It's like a good for you multi-level marketing scheme, right? But a mm -hmm. good for you one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, Tom. We want wrestling friends, right? This is what we're talking about. We need you to ask us some questions, give us some suggestions, or just talk about whatever you want to talk about in pro wrestling because we want to talk to you first. Uh, we typically will break down AEW Dynamite, which just happened, and we have some things to say about that. But mm -hmm. maybe you don't want to hear about that right away. And again, this show is about our wrestling friends. So we want to know what you have to say. And we got... Through Twitter, where you can use hashtag tweet the table, and we'll read those right here live on the live stream. We got a hashtag tweet the table from Justin Flora. I'm saying that right? Mm -hmm. Justin Flora, who's awesome, a regular member of the Table Nation. Love Justin Flora. He says, New York's top 30 title changes list are invalid. What are your top 10 WWE title changes in history? Hashtag tweet the table. So he's referencing WWE in honor of their 60 years. Yeah, in honor of their 60 years of, of the WWE championship, WWF, World Heavyweight Championship, you know, whatever lineage they're going to pick from because All they've of kind of, yeah. they have tree branched that thing so many mm -hmm. times. So many times. Uh, yep. Looks like an Arkansas family bloodline. I don't know. I picked Arkansas. Sorry, you're where the dart Arkansas. Landed. You're oh, where the dart landed today, Arkansas. Yeah. yeah, better yet, it's a Buffalo one. Why yeah. not? Yeah, look, yeah, <laughs> right. So, so uh, they put out a list of their thirty, I think, greatest mm -hmm. title changes. Changes. 
Yep. Uh, Mick Foley defeating uh, was it Austin. Hey, don't. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't give away fan. some of yeah. our list here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this was their. Right, but their who cares list, about right? their was list? Was the number we'll one on their list. Watch right? their but this video is what he's saying. You want to know. Yeah. He's saying their list is invalid, so fuck them. Uh, Jinder Mahal made it. WWE. Yeah, Jinder Mahal made the list, which that doesn't count. Don't hit uh, gender. You know that gender equality I'm all about, but not that fucking win. Gender equality, gosh. Man, they could have. Uh, That's the best. The one. things yeah. they could have done. I know. <laughs> the things know. they could have done. Remember when we still had hope for WWE a couple years ago in this podcast? <laughs> when we kept thinking, like, this could be it. This could it turn, could turn around. around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor guys. All right. So uh, Tom has made a list. I didn't collab on this list because I was busy with. Uh, Working at this pro wrestling's best mock draft, doing the pro wrestling's best news, uh, mm-hmm. and Tom's over there handling your match of the days, uh, and, and some fun content over there on Substack. So he brought up Tom's. What what do you got here? Top ten, top ten, and here's a go. So here's a couple caveats. Um, one, I only stuck to the men because that's what the WWE list did. So I didn't include Becky Lynch winning the championship at WrestleMania. I didn't include any of the 13 times Charlotte Flair's won it. So this is just strictly a men's list. If you want a women's list, hashtag tweet the table. I think theirs was, yeah, it was like the WWE title right. even, right? That's it what wasn't I'm even so, like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so just just clarifying, it's only the men. Again, if you want the women, uh, hashtag tweet the table, send an email table at gmail.com, and I can make a top 10 of the women's title changes. But Ask the this question. is a title changes. Yeah, this is title changes. Here's a couple of my criteria. One, I didn't necessarily go for historical significance. It did play a role, but that wasn't number one. Really what I was thinking for is memorable moments and crowd reaction. Because crowd reaction, whether you want to look back on it and say it was a bad decision or not, the crowd will tell you in real time if it was good or not. Because anyone can look with 2020 vision in hindsight and say, well, we shouldn't have done that. We should have went with the other guy or we should have done a DQ finish. Right. So I'm going with crowd reaction, a little bit of historical um, importance. And then obviously just something I like as well. So uh, I have a top 10 list, but Tim, I also have an outside looking in an OLI. I like to call it. Okay. So let me hit you with some of the OLIs just to show you kind of how big this multiple OLIs. I got a handful of them. Okay. All right. So we got first OLI Brock Lesnar beats the rock at SummerSlam 2002. Okay. This was the first time Brock Lesnar won the the training montage vignettes and the, yep. yep. And the crowd went crazy for Brock Lesnar winning, even though he was the heel that did not make the list. Was that the next next big thing? It was slightly right after the net, right? Uh, It was still in the midst of it. Yeah. Yeah, It was still next big thing. Okay. uh, Next on the list. Uh, John Cena beats Edge in a TLC match at Unforgiven 2006. This is when Cena threw Edge off the damn ladder. Remember that? Right. Yep. Uh, This one was really a feud. Yeah. This one was super hard for me not to put on the list because as a match by itself, it's probably one of the greatest of all time, but I just don't think of it as historical or as memorable, unfortunately. But it's Brock Lesnar beats Kurt Angle in an Iron Man match on SmackDown 2003. Probably the best okay. Iron Man match of all time, including AEW. I think it holds up. 
but yeah, it just didn't feel like it had the oomph, right? Um, here's some more here. Rock beats Mankind at Survivor Series 98. This is when The Rock joined the Vince yeah. McMahon heel faction, right? That didn't make the list. Uh, I have Hulk Hogan beats Iron Sheik, January mm. uh, 1984. Huge moment. Let's be honest, though. And this kind of played a part as well. The match sucked. That match yeah. wasn't good. <laughs> okay? Like, yeah. you're not going to rewatch that match. You know what I mean? So I'm uh, trying to humble him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was uh, definitely historic, but not that great to watch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, another one, great storyline, but I don't know if the payoff was as great. Unfortunately, it's another Hogan match. Hogan beats Macho Man at WrestleMania 5, 1989. Yeah, it's a decent one. I, yeah, I don't know that I, it would great be a story line, for me. Yeah. But, yeah, great storyline, but, ah, you know, didn't really hit. Um, and then last well, two Hulk I had here. There. Well, now looking back, yeah, it definitely was. He's healing a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, last two here of the OLIs before we get to the top 10 list. Mankind beats The Rock at Halftime Heat, 1999. Halftime Heat. Pinned him with a forklift. Remember that? Yes. Oh, that was yes. so cool. The forklift has made a couple of like big appearances in WWE history. Oh, this yeah. This is a good one sure. of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one of the OLIs, and this was another one super hard because it was shocking. It was controversial. It was memorable. But I don't know if the title reign really proved it to be historical. But it's when Brock Lesnar killed John Cena, SummerSlam 2014. Just the Cena, right? The just, yeah, just sack here, shit slam the whole time. I think Cena got three moves in, and that was it. You know why it was memorable was because... It was just kind of, it was like watching a car crash, you know, like it just kind of was like, are they really doing this? I was like, Cena right. just signed up to just be squash matched. Like, and it's Cena. And it's Cena at, at like Cena Heights, mm -hmm. right? Like this is right. I think the crest before he started kind of really tanking where everybody was like, fuck this guy. We don't want him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was Cena as champion. And right after Brock Lesnar beat the undertaker, then he does this and really catapults that momentum of being the ultra Brock Lesnar that we know the him today. Beast. So, yeah. The, yeah. The, the one that you can't stop. Right. Definitely. So that was my OLIs. Those did not make my top 10 list, but I definitely wanted to give Just them consideration. Saw the list of matches to watch right there though. And didn't make it. Didn't make it. Okay. All right. So here we go. We're going to start off with number 10 edge cashes in on john cena at new year's oh, revolution yeah. 2006 so the here's why this is yeah this, this the was cash. the very first one this one is what set the blueprint of all money in the bank cash -ins. i can tell you i remember that i didn't watch that event live right and i caught right. the news online right on the dirt sheets right early think early internet dirt sheets right mm -hmm. um i mean this is a little mid to you know past early internet days but um I remember seeing all of a sudden, as I pull up the pro wrestling website, I'm like, gee, I wonder who won that match. I see Edge holding the world title, and I was like, Edge? I was like, he won in the match? I was like, how the fuck did he? And then it was like, Edge cashes in Money in the Bank, and I was like, oh, I forgot about that fucking thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. They did a good job of, like, forgetting that existed for a while, for a good mm -hmm. several months, 
until he cashed that in. It was good. And on top of that, we didn't know what it looked like. We didn't know if it was a, hey, I'm going to cash this in at the next pay-per-view. We didn't know how it would be in existence in WWE. Right. So again, yeah, it was Edge, brand really, new. Edge really set that blueprint of how to do it moving forward. And hell, we're still doing it in 2023. I, Big E cashed in on Bobby Lashley, if you recall. Uh, so yeah, Edge cashed in on John Cena. Who. I didn't forget yeah. Bobby Lashley. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, Edge cashes in on John Cena. And again, Edge and John Cena, their historical <laughs> rivalry kind of had this is their jumping start uh point to kind of their multiple matches. So again, historical uh also uh relevant there as well. Okay, so that was number 10. Number nine. This one might be a little controversial because it's not technically a match. This was Ric Flair wins the Royal Rumble to become your uh, WWF champion, 1992. Yes, I, gosh, I remember watching this uh, yeah, again. I wasn't watching that live because I was a kid, right? But I remember, you know, the whole build up to this with mm-hmm. the title vacancy and the winner of the Rumble going to get it, and that's what sparked the the following year was the Rumble winner gets the shot at Mania. I think it's been that ever since. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, obviously the dirt sheets, the melters might have had this, but general conversation amongst wrestling fans, at least who I talked to, did not have Ric Flair is going to be the next champion, right? And not not in a right. Royal Rumble, at least, you know what I mean? He came in yeah. uh, early on and lasted all the way through. Hogan did the whole whole Sid thing, but eh, that's regardless. Uh, and it's also considered one of the best Royal Rumbles of all time. So again, that's why it also made the list at number nine. The Royal Rumbles right. feel like we're just cooler. I, this sounds old man-ish and like they don't make them like they used to anymore. But I feel like the Royal Rumbles worked better in the cartoonish days of the like PG or the golden era, right? Well, Where it was so many like over-the-top characters just mixing in like it was a comic book. But here's the thing. Well, and this is where I think it's uh, it was cooler back in the day than it is now. And it's for two reasons. One, characters for so long never even looked at each other until the Rumble. You never saw, for example, uh, when they would hook up at WrestleMania six. Before that, it was Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan looking at each other for the first time because Ultimate Warrior is doing his intercontinental stuff and Hogan's doing his world championship stuff, and you never even seen them bump into each other. Also, there was less TV, so you didn't have to churn through seven True. different feuds before the next pay per view kind of thing. I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean. Now. Or not. Everyone looks at everyone and, and and there's no specialty, right? Like I think the last special moment that I can recall uh, in a Royal Rumble was when Goldberg and Undertaker looked at each other because that was the yeah. first time that they had ever looked at each other, right? Yeah. So at least to the best of my knowledge. Um, so yeah, I, like now everyone has a match with everyone every week, it feels like. Yeah. So yeah, back then it was definitely cooler. Theo P's in the chat. We would love that if you join on the YouTube live streams. Also to join in the chat. He says, that's a good choice. I assume he's referencing the Ric Flair Royal Rumble world title mm-hmm. win. Yeah. Thank you. A- I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Number eight. We're going to go to. Many thanks. <laughs> yeah. Many thanks. Many thanks. So number eight, we're going to go to. Again, I think the underdog winning is what caused a huge crowd reaction also, it's looked on more favorably because, unfortunately, uh, this wrestler passed away a little bit too young. 
but it's when Eddie Guerrero beat Brock Lesnar at No Way Out 2004. So obviously Eddie Guerrero's first title run. This is when we start Brock Lesnar Goldberg because Goldberg was the one who took out Brock Lesnar for Eddie to win. Go back and look at that crowd reaction. Everyone fucking lost their minds. It was definitely memorable. You still see it in highlight packages today. Eddie Guerrero was on fire at, yeah. at that time, man. You couldn't get – there was nobody cooler than Eddie Guerrero in, like, the world, if not pro wrestling, you know? Yeah, yeah. and he he rode that into WrestleMania 20. He had that fun match with Kurt Angle where Kurt Angle puts him in the ankle lock and he gets out of it because he loosened his shoe. Yeah, he was on fire uh, in 2004, 100%. Yeah, he was the guy who like went like he knew just how to like in his every promo, in his every entrance into the arena, just knew I'm the fucking shit. Everybody's here to see me. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just and everybody was like, Yeah, you're right. We are here to see you with that fucking and, bullet. Like we were here for <laughs> it. <laughs> and that was also like the height of SmackDown because that was Eddie Guerrero, Kurt yeah. Angle, Edge. Ray Mysterio, like they were all on fire on SmackDown. Yeah, this was that was the really led, right. Yeah, this was like yeah. when SmackDown was starting to surpass Raw a little bit. Like Raw had Triple H versus Shawn Michaels, but that was about it. And SmackDown had all of these great Crisp and Wall matches with Kurt Angle and all of the such. This Chavo was the real was even brand in there. split days. Like yeah, the brands the didn't cross real over. one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, number seven as we continue the list. This one's going real old school. And I watched the match. It's not honestly that great. However, the historical significance and the crowd reaction in a town of New York at Madison Square Garden to have silence. Silence. It's when Ivan Koloff beat Bruno San Martino, January 1971. Nice. Okay. This was when this was when Bruno San Martino was champion for over 3,000 days. Just consider that. Right now we're closing in on a thousand for Roman. Let's add two thousand more days, and that's where we're getting to Bruno San Martino level, right? And uh, if you want to get a little bit more historical uh, context of this uh, match, I definitely implore you to check out Jonathan Snowden's hybrid shoot on Substack. He wrote about this match and the crowd reaction, how you could hear a pin drop because everyone was so shocked. Ivan Koloff thought at the time that his eardrum busted because it was so quiet. He thought Bruno must have done something and hit him to where he couldn't hear it was deaf because the crowd, yeah, because the crowd yeah. was not making a noise. That's incredible in Madison yeah. Square Garden and that town. Now, this isn't Green Bay. This was yeah, a town right. that made noise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, think um, so think uh when Brock Lesnar beats the Undertaker at WrestleMania, that silence that just exactly. happened. Exactly. Right. One yeah. million percent. One million percent. All right. Number Shock. six. Shock creates that silence. And yeah, and yeah, Ivan Koloff uh, becomes your champion. He has a nice run with it as well. It wasn't like he had a cup of coffee with it. Um, and then Bruno San Martino, he would regain it, but uh, not for a while. All right, then we're going to get into some controversy here. Number six, this is real controversy. This was a shoot, brother. We're still talking about this match today. Excited. Shawn Michaels beats Bret Hart. Montreal Screwjob, Survivor Series, 1997. Such a 
man, I, I was 17, right, to age myself here. Um, so this was, you know, the main focus of my life was pro wrestling at this age, right? I mean, you had with the WCW stuff, the, the WWF stuff, and this this feud between these two personalities was just everything, right? And then this whole blow-up was the biggest, like, what the fuck is going on? This is early us getting exposure via the internet to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, to things like this. this that's why there was video, uh, you know, to make a documentary about it. Just, like, early days of this, like, media that we all handle every day, right? This is one of the first exposures we had to something like this. And, and uh, really, yeah, if you just yeah, and, and really, if you think about it, we're still kind of in that feud today because, like, when you boil it down, you have you're either a Shawn Michaels guy or you're a Bret Hart guy. Yeah, I mean, go look at AEW, right? Yeah, you got a feud where you got some Bret Hart guys, yeah, and they got into a fight with some Shawn Michaels guys. Yeah, we're a Shawn Michaels podcast, we're a million here. percent of Shawn Michaels podcast. Uh, Theo in the chat says Canada's favorite Survivor Series ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they love it. Canada. Yeah, they love Canada. Shawn Michaels in Canada. Yeah, well, he, he did everything to endear himself to them, <laughs> everything. obviously. Yeah. All right. Now this is where my list might get a little controversial because some people might think that this is a little bit too low. And if you think that, I don't give a shit. No, um, hashtag tweet the table. Let me know. But number five, it is at WrestleMania 31. Seth Rollins cashes in the money at the bank or money in the bank contract on Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. That's in your top five. It's the greatest heist. That's another one where this was at the height. So speaking back in 2006, when it was the early days of kind of internet wrestling talk and what the hell edge won, how did that happen? Go to WrestleMania 31. And this was, well, how the hell are they going to get out of a Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns? We had no idea that you could just interject yourself and make it a triple threat. So that's true. That was a different wrinkle, but I remember watching that one live and, and I just thought at the time it happened, I was like, why wouldn't you wait till after the match? And then, you know, at least one of these people is out of it, right? Like then you can kind of, you know, like, well, maybe they have to uh, have a time to recover, right? Cause they would expect you to weird. cash in. So because, I always... because at this time, because at this time you could say, Hey, the other guy's going to also beat this guy up. Cause he doesn't want him to win either. And that's yeah. what happened. Cause if you remember, uh, Seth Rollins goes for the curb stomp on Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar gets him into the F5. True. Roman Spears, Brock Lesnar, curb stomp. To give Roman. credit, I was glued to my TV. I was glued yeah. to my TV, and and that that spot, I remember going like, oh, so it's he failed, right? And then oh, oh right, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'll give it to you. It's a good, it's a good title change. Yep. Thank you, thank you. All right, let's go now. A year Just give before, me that one. giving you, you that one. I appreciate it. So now, number four, let's go to a year before WrestleMania 30, a moment that will mm. warm your fucking black dead heart. If you yeah. have one, yeah. Daniel Bryan cash or Daniel Bryan doesn't cash in, but Daniel Bryan beats Randy Orton and Dave Batista WrestleMania 30. Dave Batista. Yes, that was a weird roundabout way to get where they got to. Blue Tista. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
we made that happen. Not me and you, but like the wrestling community made that main event happen. Like, yeah, that was us. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, so that absolutely. was great. Also it's just weird. Why? Like, I mean, we made it happen and it was great. And they even liked it being, they being the company. So like, why don't they listen more? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand, but they did for one night and it was amazing. It was magical. Unfortunately, the title reign wasn't historic, but it was definitely an historic moment. And for us on this podcast, this was like the first moment we were like, this is fun, right? Pro wrestling's fun. Yeah. So that played a factor in my list as well. Still, though, my favorite Daniel Bryan, and even to this day, Bryan Danielson, my favorite is Angry Vegan Pickle. Daniel Bryan with the hemp belt. And mm -hmm. I, because at that time, it's before we got into like real deep political turmoil and, you know, <laughs> where we're at. And it, with that company, it fit pretty well for him to be a heel and just the way it was going. Like, I thought there was so much money that they abandoned that way too quickly. Well, and he was also a heel, which also didn't fucking make sense. But anyhow, no, but that was that, it because he's the yeah. angry vegan that, yeah. you know, Vince McMahon was probably like, this is great shit. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I hate this guy. We're going to boo the shit out of <laughs> him. All right. But I so, wanted him to lean into it more. I want, like, you remember he was like calling out people for eating corn dogs and shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like buying t shirts. Buying yeah, t shirts. Oh, I love where he's like, don't buy this shit. <laughs> love yeah. it. It was such yeah. good stuff. It was great. All right. Speaking of people with visceral reaction, yeah, I had a whole crowd here as we move into my top three. This was, again, another one where we had Super Cena at his heights mm. and how the hell does anyone beat super cena well an angry new york crowd and a pot smoker we're going to ecw one night stand rvd beats john cena first off uh, yeah. who had who had edge spears cena through a table as the finish no mm. one rob van dam winning a, a world championship no one yeah yeah. Paul Heyman counting the three. No, that's the most ECW thing to do in yes. WWE is to have Paul Heyman count the three to have yeah. RVD be your champion. And I still, one of the lasting quotes in wrestling history, in my mind, that sticks out is Rob Van Dam the next what night on Raw when he's got both those belts. And they were like, what are you going to do? And he was like, are you going to keep one? Or are you going to do whatever? And he was like, well, I mean, I've put my life for this thing, or I'm paraphrasing, right? He's like, blood, sweat, and tears, like, been chasing this as a thing. And he's like, he's like, in this one, it's Spence. <laughs> he's like, I don't know, they're both pretty cool. <laughs> it's fucking great. Loved RVD. Yeah, RVD, I mean, this was the most middle finger to WWE inside the system. Mm -hmm. Maybe of all time, we will, we will get to my... Uh, top two, maybe one supersedes that. But this is another one where play it to any wrestling fan. Like, hey, are wrestling fans like crazy? Yeah. Yeah, they'll mm. throw fucking John Cena's shirt at him three times. They'll say he sucks dick. They'll say he can't wrestle. And they'll make him do moves he's never done before just because he needs to impress them because he has a fragile ego. Like, it was incredible on a million different yeah, levels. It was great. Good stuff. And Incredible. great pick thank you all right here we go now we're gonna go to kind of a layup and i really wanted to challenge myself and not make this number one 
Although you could argue this was like the last true, real great WWE title change that was agreed upon wholeheartedly from the company to the fans to the wrestlers and everything. And the reaction is probably the greatest reaction organically in WWE history, in my opinion. But it's Monday Night Raw, 1998. Mankind beats The Rock. So this is when DX was in the corner of Mankind. Obviously, you had the corporation in the corner of The Rock. They're fighting on the outside. Rock and Mankind uh, have done this, you know, 20-minute match probably uh, fighting in the ring. Uh, And then we have goddamn... Stone Cold Steve Austin come out and people lost their fucking mind. On top of all of that, the cherry on top is this is also the night that Tony Schiavone said, huh, mankind win- or Mick Foley wins our championship. That'll put butts in seats. And everyone said, say what? And turn the channel and never turned it so, back. So I-, I love that story. And, that- and first of all, I want to give Tony Schiavone his credit. Like he's like, I fucking Bischoff wrote that line. Yeah, like, I, I just said it. Yeah. It. Um, but, uh, I was one of those people. I was watching Nitro and they were like, we know Mick Foley is going to win this. And I was like, say what? I was like, it's fucking awesome. And so I like immediately flipped over. I fucking, it was great. It was uh, like, yeah, I remember that very vividly because I was sitting at home, fucking parents house. And I was like, say what? I love Mick Foley. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. And that reaction when Stone Cold's music hits, that glass shatters, and you would have thought it was Christian seeing Jesus for the second time. Like, they were just beside themselves with excitement. Uh And he just walks in, chair shot, chair shot, gets in the ring, chair shot. In prime Steve Austin swagger, right? And timing and just like, like it's an action movie, just bam, bam, bam. And then Vince McMahon yelling at him and then Stone Cold losing his shit and throwing his hat at him like, you fucking son of a bitch. Of course I was going to do it. You know, it was just mind blowing. Steve Austin, I think what what I haven't heard verbalized is a thing that I think really connected people to Steve Austin was at his prime, like we were just talking about, his body language and movements, both like when he's fighting, he was walking around, just spoke of like all day, every day frustration, right? <laughs> the like working man, right? Like we're just like, and then this fucking thing, the screw is stripped on it. And then you fucking this asshole over here, right? Like he just mm-hmm. had that kind of like high blood pressure, you know, <laughs> just I loved it. Loved it, man. All of that was great. And then, yeah, this moment just, yeah. The folklore of pro wrestling history alone puts this in the top of any yeah. list. Yeah, and mankind getting put on DX's shoulders while he's saying, uh, your baby boy did it. JR's well, call it was incredible. Flip the ratings. Yeah, insane. All right. So that is all led us to my number one pick. And Tim, I think you're gonna hate it. And I think a lot of people will say, like, eh. some people will say, of course, that's the greatest moment in wrestling. To me, the reason why, before I tell you the pick, why I picked this is Similar to the RVD beats John Cena, it was a middle finger going. to WWE. Going, I thought this is what you were going to say in the RVD yeah. John Cena one. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also 
for better or for worse, moving forward past this point, it was something that got all wrestling fans excited and talking about everywhere you went. And so I'm obviously talking about Money in the Bank 2011 CM Punk beats John Cena. If you could bottle up hatred for a person you've never met and, and to concentrate, it was in the air <laughs> that crowd that night against well, against John Cena. And it was also love for CM Punk. Like this is the reason why mm-hmm. AEW and WWE still hit up Chicago so often is because they're hoping that the next person that they're pushing as the baby face will catch fire like this. Obviously AEW is using CM Punk still, but WWE is hoping that Sami Zayn will get the CM Punk reaction, all of this stuff. And they just did such an incredible job of letting it happen organically, not getting in the way, kind of being mysterious of like, will he stay? Will he not go? And if you believe the, he signed it the day of, I don't believe that really, but it's a fun thing to say. Well, and I just, just all of it. Yeah. And again, I think they had to pull the trigger, you know, or pull the plug on it way too soon. Um, Yes. But the the next day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the but next the day when was, he's like taking oh. pictures of the belt in the refrigerator, and then we have Punk showing up at a Comic Con when Triple H is speaking. Yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, there could have been so much stuff, but in that moment, yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch this again because I just remember feeling I was like, man, the 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 like roof is shaking in this place <laughs> with mm-hmm. the hatred against Cena. Well, I mean, when when CM Punk opens his arms when he's standing on the top rope before the fucking match even starts, they're just losing it. It, I mean, it's the energy from ECW One Night Stand, except for it's 30,000 people. So, and here's something, you know, we shit on CM Punk, Phil Brooks quite a bit of like, God damn, this guy thinks he's like king of the world. Well, man, I mean, when you live in a moment like he just lived there, maybe he might feel that too. Yeah. Yeah, if I went through that, maybe I would feel the same way. Uh, maybe that would influence my actions moving forward, which it seems like it may have. But yeah, this in a vacuum was just off the charts in every regard for pro wrestling. So that is why it makes my number one spot for top Solid 10 list. WWE title changes. Solid list. like the list. Good stuff. So... Like Justin Floor, hit us up with that suggestion on Twitter using hashtag tweet the table. You can do the same, or you can just send us a message, tableshow at gmail.com, or we're on the Facebook or the Instagram or the TikTok. Find us and talk to us. We need some wrestling friends. We like talking to wrestling fans. All right, so let's talk about what we're really here to talk about, and that is the recap of AEW Dynamite. Again, we're on a Wednesday night. I will not be available tomorrow night. On our normal night, because I'm going to be at the NFL draft. In Kansas City, the home of NFL's Super Bowl champions. Kansas City Chiefs. So let's talk about AEW Dynamite. This episode happened. It was a solid happening episode. And it kicked off with an AEW International Championship match. We had challenger Bandito, which Tim, Spanish for Bandit. Taking on. I'm sure that it is, but yeah. (laughs) Sounds like it is, right? We don't fact check. We don't fact check anything. (laughs) Taking on champion and probably in 2023, the backbone of AEW, Orange Cassidy. 
What did you think of our opening contest here? Man, this was the Whizbang 5000 match, right? Which is <laughs> kind of what you get with Bandito. I am, man, I, it, we've got a lot of these new signings in AEW, and it's hard to keep them all straight, man. Um, mm-hmm. And I, there's a theme of that maybe I'll bring up later, where it's like, I'm glad that they do this, right? They put in some folks maybe you haven't heard of, give some exposure. But I, I feel like I can't keep straight of things lately. Uh, but this was a solid match. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad Orange Cassidy still won this one, right? I think the question looming becomes, when does this run for Orange Cassidy end and how? Um, so I'm I glad got an they idea just end with that. like Bandito to open Dynamite, right? Right. I got an idea of how, but I'll tell you in a little bit. Okay. Uh, but with, with this, here's the thing that I think AW should learn from the mistake of WWE. And it's what we just shit on to start the show. Bandito, at least in my opinion, is a ring of honor talent. I know he's all elite and he got the graphic and everything, but he really wrestles in ring of honor. So what I believe, just like with Claudio and any other champion, stay in ring of honor. Like it's tough. And I get it. And if you're in a pinch, say that Ring of Honor has stepped up to the plate due to travel issues and will be competing tonight on AEW Dynamite. But if you're a Ring of Honor, you're in Ring of Honor. And if you're in AEW, you're in AEW. And if you want to pull an Eddie Kingston and say, I quit AEW, cool, then you could show up on the other show. But if you don't yeah. do that, you don't get to go. Yeah. Like in the door is forced to be forbidden. Yeah, exactly. Oh, even on. if you even if you go to the pyramid and at the top it's Tony Khan, it should still be closed between you know two what? promotions. We're just calling it the door from now on. That pyramid. yeah, it's just the, the door. door. Yeah. It's just the door. Fucking door, man, come in the door. It's like an <laughs> old western saloon door. Yeah, where it just you don't even got a knock. Right, it's just, yeah, a just walk in. Yeah, yeah, we hung up some shutters and you just fucking and it happens. So. Post-match, Orange Cassidy gives Bandito some sunglasses. They embrace. Cool. Hey, did they really have a bunch of doors like that back in the old Western days? What would be the point of those things? Is that just a Hollywood thing? I think it's a Hollywood thing. But what the fuck I don't is know. like... You worked at a door company, so did they have those doors? I don't, Do I don't they know have those doors? I didn't work there in 1804. <laughs> <laughs> it was a few years later that I was hired. <laughs> All right, so uh, we go backstage. Renee Paquette is interviewing Adam Cole. Long story short, he says, I'm going to go out there and call out Chris Jericho, and if he doesn't come out, I'm going to find him. But the interview doesn't actually end there because after Adam Cole walks off, Orange Cassie's like, hey, you here to interview me for a big win? And Renee's like, I mean, nope. (laughs) No? Talk to Adam Cole, and he's like, okay. And then Bandito follows up and is like, okay and then just yeah. follows him yeah oh it was even just oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah 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 he's oh. like you're here to interview us for the match she's like well she was like actually we were just doing this thing's big crazy thing so yeah i love orange cassie just oh <laughs> like love that yeah and yeah this bandito thing again like this is where i just i'm like all right cool we've got a bunch of these folks that can do all the the flips and shit but man this is how I felt about like, you know, the private parties and the, and the top flights when it was just like, I can't distinguish 
I mean, I'm not saying they're like indistinguishable, obviously. Like, if we line them up, there's clear differences, but it's just they're all running the same gag here, right? Bandito is commander who is Vikingo, who yes. is, yeah, it's all, all I just that. the same person to me. Yeah. It's like in WWE there for a while, the Miz is Dolph Ziggler, who is, you know, and you keep going down the list. And so, yeah, the revival yeah, it's a little bit is, the, is the Good Brothers. Is all right. The, and keep it going. Yeah. Uh, so we come back from commercial and we stay backstage. And side note, I said this on our Twitter page at Table Show. Uh, the backstage microphone, the audio or whatever it was, fucking was trash. I could barely understand anyone if they went backstage and talked because it was just almost non-existent for their audio. So step that up, yeah. AW. Yeah. Again, no one needs to be hired in front of the camera. It needs to all happen yeah. behind it. Yep. To me, it sounded like they had the, like, uh, it was so hyper-focused here that if it wasn't directly here, it wasn't catching them well. And that's Bush League to be on national TV, the second biggest promotion. We gave shit to the original ROH that they didn't have fucking lights, and now are we going to have to start giving shit to AEW because they don't got sound, you know? So yeah. that's a side well, note. Their camera we work get... has been shoddy. We've been... At best, yikes! Uh, but here we have Darby Allen, uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, and they're just like, "Hey, didn't it suck about last week? Don't want that to have to happen this week." And they agree, "Yeah, that stinks." And then they're like, "I wish it was me and you." And Darby's like, "Well, I wouldn't beat you." And Jungle Boy's like, "No, you wouldn't." Cool. Uh, and then we get in the ring, and here you know, I will say the only thing I took away from that was like, I, I, I think Darby is is coming more into this character where it's, yeah. it's a little bit more relatable where, mm -hmm. you know I mean? He's got, he's not just Sting's pal and he's not just the weird guy who jumps off of things, right? We're seeing an actual, like, you know what I mean? He's talking some shit. He's comfortable in the skin. Yeah, it looks good. good yeah, it feels not to say that they're the same talent, but it feels very much like when Rob Van Dam was given the microphone a little bit more in WWE and instead of just saying cool and doing big moves, and being the coolest guy in the ring. Now he's saying a little bit more of like, Oh, so this is how you feel about pain, or this is how you feel about, you know, fill in the blank. So right. it feels very similar to that. All right. So then we get into the ring and here's my first real valid criticism of the episode tonight. And it was Dax Harwood versus Jeff Jarrett. And it took two fucking segments. And I am not here to say Matches need to be three minutes because I have ADD. I don't have ADD. And I'm also saying matches can be a little bit longer and it's fine. However, the outcome of this match doesn't fucking matter. The outcome is to lead to something else. So we don't need two fucking segments where Dax Harwood, your tag team champion, right? So I'm, a, I'm at least to think that he's the upper echelon of just singles competitors, because if you add one more person, he can win a championship, yeah. is struggling to, with 59-year-old or whatever Jeff Jarrett. To me, this reeks of, of somebody and maybe two people being too lost in their own sauce, right? Where it's like, every match I go out there, I'm going to give the crowd... You know, the match of the night, I'm going to steal the show, and I'm doing it with a ledge. I'm going to do Jeff Jarrett, right? And, like, it's like, brother, nobody, like, I, I get, you may have told a great story, 
in the like the over and the under and the how the a guy overcomes the the dash or, or doesn't you know what i mean like um but like it just not on april 26th dynamite you know what i mean with several months before the next fucking thing like this just it this was too long whatever this well, was whatever story you're trying to tell here isn't it yeah and look raise your hand if you're going to go back and rewatch this match and if you raised your hand put it down because you're lying and that's why let's just do the brock lesnar goldberg style match where it's finisher 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 kick out finisher 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 pin and you could have still had sanjay dutt do his fucking thing and jeff jarrett get the win and we save time and then we could have other things breathe like the main event which we'll get to instead of fucking two segments of no nothing nonsense wrestling yeah come on part a of a two-part uh, you know, segment attempting to build to the storyline where maybe yeah. you give us the twenty minute match, right? Exactly. <laughs> so it just whatever. So, um, all right. So then after that, Jeff Jarrett wins, and Tony Khan. We go Jeff back. Fucking Jarrett wins, which was just uh, the icing on the on the this cake of suck. Yeah, and Rampage, it's going to be Cash versus Jay Lethal, which Jay Lethal will win. And then Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett will make the argument that they deserve the tag championships at double or nothing against FTR, which no one fucking wants. You know what they should do? You know what they should do? Drink soap. Yeah, drink soap until you're blue in the face and then drink more. Yeah. Yeah. Bring that back so I can make this the episode title. Drink soap. (laughs) Yeah. Tell you another thing that Jeff Jarrett can do, he can suck a boner because he's fucking garbage on TV. I'm just tired of him. Just cannot like a fourth grade insult right there. Suck a boner. boner, Jimmy. Yeah, it sounds fun, doesn't it? It's (laughs) it's a little bit more original. Suck a dick. Right. It's it's less harsh, right? You can kind of be like, oh, suck a boner, Charles. (laughs) But it's also more specific, right? Because it's like a dick can be flaccid. It can be hard, but suck a boner. That is specific, right? right. You're sucking something specific. Yeah. That's another boner. good reason. <laughs> yeah. A boner, you know? So you got to wait till that guy gets a boner. Then you can suck it. So make you wait on this fucking <laughs> punishment that I gave Does you. Does the person have to self call it a boner? Until we don't know. <laughs> right. That's the mystery of this whole punishment. We don't hear that a lot. We don't hear the term <laughs> boner a lot. <laughs> Uh, maybe i'll name All right. a boner <laughs> yeah maybe uh or drink soap who knows uh so we go backstage tony khan has an announcement that isn't that important uh, shocker shocker <laughs> well at i least, mean some of them are at least he was not as freshly coked up this time well he blinked right no he we didn't no he we didn't get all this time he either. didn't blink Emily, I thought I saw some wife, blinks. No, Emily, my wife, watched specifically to see if he would blink, and he never oh, man, did. I thought I saw some blinks. <laughs> I'm going to go back and watch this. And this was edited. I trust Emily more than I trust myself. Yeah, and this was edited. This was not live. This had highlight packages. Well, that's it. They edited the blinks then. Had to admit, but no, no blinks. Um, and some of his announcements are good right we're going to london it's the o2 arena it's our yeah. biggest show of all time that's yeah. an announcement the thing is yeah like these are never like it's not like he's like we have the biggest announcement and then he gives just like something terrible it's always like 
oh, that is a cool thing. But they hype it up like it's like, I don't even know, right? Like, I don't even know what you would like. John Cena's appearing tomorrow night on yeah. AEW Dynamite. You're like, what the fuck? Right. Because, yeah, because there's certain ones where, for example, Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. We're going to the O2 to do our biggest show of all time. Those are announcements. But then, hey, we're we're doing the Owen Hart Cup again. Remember how it catapulted the last two that were already in the same positions they still are now? Like, oh, Owen, hey, guess what? We're going to do it in a town that I don't fucking live in. So neat. Like, anyhow, Owen Hart Cup. We're all wear pink. Um, then we get to Wardlow versus a warm body. And it happened how you thought. Uh, warm, uh, war dog. What's his name? Warload. Uh, well, he a couple wins. things, couple things, uh, too. Uh, I like how they both come out, um, acting like they can't put their arms down, but only one of them actually can't put their arms down. It's Arn Anderson, but that's because you know, something different. <laughs> yeah, but, he has a neck injury. <laughs> uh, why is he also dressed like a retired Russian mafia henchman? Like, what is Who's going that? Arn Anderson. Well, but sweatpants. He can't. He can't button a pair of pants. But he's you in think the he full. Can... Like he's in the full. Like matching. Right. Yeah. Of course. No. Yeah. He can't button anything. He has to just have things slide over his body. Oh yeah. So no, it's definitely zippers and, and snaps. Yeah. 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 Zippers and Velcro for old Arn Anderson. Great mm-hmm. guy, by the way. Absolutely amazing human being that if you get a chance to meet him, definitely do. I got to meet him at central States wrestling. He should definitely not shoot us. Yeah. And I thought that's where he was leading to because he was talking about uh, pulling eyeballs out and all this stuff post-match and he gets cut off by Christian cage with Luchasaurus. But here's the question, Tim, who the fuck is this about? Because Christian Cage was starting to walk up. Luchasaurus is there. We know Christian Cage wrestles. So again, Tim, the million-dollar question, who the fuck is wrestling Mm. Wardlow? Yeah, who is wrestling Wardlow? Yeah, man, I don't... We need a little more, right? I, I said, I like when they would slow play it, but I feel like we slow played it, right? Like, let's... Let's get a little least, bit more of a mission statement here. Yeah, at least tell me who the fuck it is. Now, again, I'm going to make a probably safe bet to say it's Luchasaurus. But as I mentioned, the person who's wrestled the most recent of the two was Christian. So it could be Christian. Well, the one who's held more titles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not in AEW, but yeah, in general speaking, yeah. Um, okay, then what do we get? We get Renee Paquette interview Sammy Guevara and MJF comes in and good God, these two ham it up. We get matching jackets. We get a scarf. We get hugs. We get just the biggest bromance you could think of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is in a roundabout way, and we're going to get more into what happens in this storyline, but I, I kind of wanted to see how they played off the not taking a dive. Because I know, like, Sammy Guevara is not going to just take this dive, not going to do the finger poke of doom. 
but now I don't even think we're going to get this one-on-one match to tell that part of the story in, in a way of, I think making it seem like we weren't telling the story that we're going to tell you now gave me flashes of another story that might've been better. Possibly. I, yeah, I agree. Here's the, here's the plot hole that uh, I need to have uh, put a bow in close the loop as some may say. So MJF is here hugging it up with Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara is all hugging it up with MJF. Uh, Sammy Guevara is still in the JAS who Jericho runs that group and hates MJF. So the fuck? Yeah, Jericho's petty. Yeah. And I get he has this Adam Cole thing, which okay, but... We don't have like a side conversation of like, hey, Jericho, like I'm playing MJF. So you don't have anything to worry about. Like nothing like this is again where you said maybe the secondary story is more interesting than the first story where what does Sammy do? Is Sammy really going to take the dive because he's going to get two million dollars for laying down, you know, and does Jericho think that that's JAS material and does he keep him in the group and all this stuff? Yeah. It just made no fucking sense. Neither did the match, which we'll get to. But before we do that, uh, we go to a commercial. We come back. RJ City is on Dynamite. Huh? Love that. Hey, EW. Great Sunday morning show that I definitely say you should 100% watch each and every Sunday that it's on. Uh, Before he even can get what he was going to say, John Moxley hits him and he clobbers him. And he says, uh, I'm pissed and I'm going to there so poor rj city and it makes sense that he was there instead of renee paquette because that'd be weird if moxley beat his wife um or just a woman but also his wife so then we get into the in-ring action here is the finals for the aw world well, championship number one contenders that. tournament finals talk about this yeah. uh blackpool combat club like we're full on healing it up every chance we get now with them, right? Like, they are causing a ruckus everywhere. Mm-hmm, if you caught mm-hmm. Rampage, uh, yep. Moxley has this Daniel. match with Christopher Daniels. He shakes his hand afterwards. And then Daniel says, like, oh, maybe they're wrong about you. You got some honor left in you. And he was like, oh. I've never oh. changed. And then he fucking, yeah, like his little, like, look at the camera. And he's like, this guy's got to die. And then just fucking, yeah. you know, just well, and then the he's- shit out of him. And then he says, I've never changed. Everyone else has. never changed, right. Yeah. Yeah, he said everyone else has lost their damn mind. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Loved it. Interesting. Uh, So, yeah, then we get Darby Allin versus Sammy Guevara in this tournament final match to see who would take on MJF at double or nothing. MJF is on commentary. He's eating pickles, which, by the way, that is a real thing. He has a sponsorship where you can order, apparently, online, K&K MJF pickles. Well, you know what else you can buy online is a Spanish announce table t-shirt, right? You go to uh, SpanishAnnounceTable.substack.com. There's a buy our shirt. Think right at the top there. Take you to pro wrestling tees, right? This ain't some janky operation here. This is pro wrestling tees delivered right to your door for a very reasonable price. And you get to tell everybody it's got our logo. People will stop you and ask you what that is. If you want to meet friends, one million percent wear that, of that shirt. Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, you could buy that online. You could also buy these pickles, which if you buy pickles online, uh, you're a trash human. 
um because pickles are gross um but pickles are the grossest thing in the world if pickles was a person i'd punch him in the face you once made and brought me a grilled cheese sandwich with peanut butter slathered on the top of it and you're and telling you me it. pickles are the grossest hold on, thing hold on hold on hold on did you like it oh hold did on like i it? said I, I i told you that it was not as atrocious as i thought it was going to you be you like it you like it you <laughs> no, want it you i've never brain ever brain. ever again taken a bite of a grilled cheese sandwich with peanut well butter i tried a pickle on one time <laughs> when i was eight years old and i never once had another pickle again sure one was olive shit. because those are fucking disgusting well here look let's take a quick side quest all <laughs> squishy food are fucking gross olives are gross mushrooms are gross pickles are gross mushrooms are the worst all of it's fucking disgusting if you have a you know squishy how many times food in a restaurant i have to be like is there any fucking mushrooms in this like because yeah. if you leave one mushroom in this fucking thing the whole thing's oh. gonna taste like it and it sucks i won't name the restaurant because i like the restaurant however i asked for no pickle on the side and they put a pickle on the side so Emily had to eat it because I don't want my pickle to touch my fucking food. Or I don't want the pickle to touch my fucking food. This is I Q39. hate it. No? Mm. Closer to our show Joe's. than you would think. Oh, closer to the show. Oh. Yeah. So mm. I'm not going to say who it was, but I was this fucking. This sandwich shop. I was aggravated. Mm. And I did they not like, to put like their it. pickles on the side at a sandwich shop. And I told them, I was like, hey, I know what you're going to do. I get it for the fucking pores of this world, but right. don't do it for me. Theo in the chat brought up something that I'm going to stake my, my fucking flag in the ground on this one. Pineapple on pizza is the worst, he says. And I, dude, have you never had a Hawaiian pizza? Right? You get that it's Canadian bacon, you get the pineapple. It's amazing. I love Here, it. Here's amazing. the other thing warm pineapple is so sweet and good. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want he, that? Here's the argument. We're going on a side quest before we get into this stupid ass match next. Um, here's my the argument I've heard about pineapple on pizza is oh, I don't like warm fruit, and it's like really motherfucker, you never had an apple pie or a blueberry pie or an apple, you know, fritter, anything like that. Like, yes, you fucking do. And here's the other thing: again, pickles are fucking gross, mushrooms are gross. Black olives are gross. Are they gross, all though. fucking suck. They are for the pores of this world and not financially. I'm talking about in your brain. Just the fucking low-level trash people of the world. But Theo says, I don't know these weirdos. <laughs> yeah, well, now yeah, you, you love do. us. You are yeah. one of our longest standing yeah. members of the table nation. You have, you know, elder status amongst the exactly. Table You're a founding member, as they yeah. say. You can't but escape here's the thing. us now. Here's the thing that I will say. I will agree with a great uh, point made by scholar and professional football player, Jason Kelsey, who said anything can go on a pizza. It's okay. If it's edible, put it on a pizza. Why are we policing that? Right. So totally fine. Well, Again, first of all, we have dessert pizzas. So I know yeah. warm fruits are good there, right? Like, like yeah. you said, I've had, I've had an apple pizza, right? Mm -hmm. a dessert, but like, listen, yeah. Oh, no, I have had, in Germany, I've had a pizza that had pear and onion and balsamic vinegar on it. Mm. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah, might try that. All right, so now let's uh, get back on track here to AW Dynamite. Wrestling. Darby Allen. Wrestle, yeah. wrestle, wrestle. Yeah, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Here's my second criticism of the night. Made no fucking sense. Yeah. Referee, 
So we get all the wrestling, right? Wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. And here's where none of it fucking made an ounce of sense. Darby gets put on a table. Sammy Guevara does 72 flips through it, which then puts Darby Allen through that table and incapacitating him. Sammy Guevara rolls in. We see if Darby Allen can make the 10 count. He does. That pisses off MJF. MJF storms down. Uh, Sammy Guevara distracts the ref. MJF then throws the uh, skateboard to Darby Allen. Sammy then pulls an Eddie Guerrero and falls down and acts as if he was hit with it. And that's the DQ? Yeah. Well, and here's... So I know, yes, this... The thing I'm going to complain about also applies to the Eddie Guerrero moment. And I think it's something that hasn't been discussed a lot in the lore of the Eddie Guerrero moment is that it was my understanding the referee couldn't disqualify you on something he didn't see. That was the the point of it, right? Like they could be like, did you fucking do this? Did you do, like, can't fucking do that. I'm going to disqualify you. But like, if you didn't see it, you don't know what happened. So you can't call the match on something you didn't see. Yeah. That's the point of like, that's where you get over on there only being one ref. And when his back is turned, you do something. Cause like if ref didn't see it, you can't fucking call it. However, yes. However, where I would push back on that specifically is the tried and true method of the heels distract the referee the, in a tag team match. The baby face makes the tag. The other guy jumps in the ring, but the ref didn't see it. So go back out. Right. You know what I mean? And so he's supposed to not be stupid. Right. So he was supposed yeah. to be like logically like, you know what I mean? Well, so, but that also fits into mine. It's like, Hey, I didn't see no, it. Does. Tag. So like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you gotta get the fuck back in there. But I mean, it's, it's, it's like, I liked that it. it was a, it was an interesting wrinkle on the Eddie Guerrero moment yeah. of like, I didn't bring this thing in and toss it to you and do it. Like somebody else tossed it in. And I saw you and I went, hey, well, fuck you. <laughs> right? Right. Like taking advantage yeah. and, and go. But in this match, it made no fucking sense because the ref did see with both set or both uh, eyeballs, a man jump through a fucking uh, off the top turnbuckle through a table that had another man on it, which was both of the men in this yeah. match. And, and all that's against the rules. But the skateboard is against the rules. Skateboard, right. So right. fucking dumb. Again, well, if you don't have the table spot, I'm okay with well, this. Well, here's the thing. So, again, if, if this is kayfabe, right, I'm watching this, and it's real. And, again, we all know it's not. But, like, I am I also know fill-in-the-blank sitcom isn't real, but I'm watching for the storyline, right? Um, it The ref didn't see it happen. The ref knows MJF is out there who's, like, the worst fucking human Right, exactly. Darby's going, hey, no, 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 no. Like, I don't think you call the match in that moment, right? Like, you know, look at me getting marked up here. But, like, the ref shouldn't – I would never book it that way because, in my mind, if I'm watching an actual sporting event, ref's not calling that. He may, like, all right, you stand over there while this guy gets a chance to gain his bearings and stand up, and we resume. Yeah. So, because of disqualification, Sammy Guevara wins this match. Uh, afterwards, uh, MJF and Sammy Guevara jump Darby Allen. Make which out. Then, well, no, first yeah. they. Oh, yeah, they first they jump, right. Jump Darby Allen, which then brings out Jungle Boy. 
And then Tony Schiavone the entire time, which again, strike three on this episode, keeps going in like, a, okay, okay, uh-huh, okay. And then he gets on the mic, which again, Tony Khan makes an announcement about a tournament that has no fucking stakes to it, but won't make the announcement about a future main event of the next pay-per-view. What? Yeah. It makes zero fucking sense right. here. No, I agree with you here. Um, the idea that, and even this is fine, right? You radio inward because you're sitting in gorilla. You know, you didn't have this time playing. You tell the guy to do it, but it just, the way they went there, right? Like you're saying, like he's a, huh? What? Yep. Yep. And they go like, what are you doing over there? Shut the fuck up. Right? <laughs> like they're basically like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about over there? I think you could have maybe like, like. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how I would have wrote that or pulled it off, but you don't even have to do that. Like, he can just, at the end, be like, eh, not so fast. Well, you were busy yapping your fucking ass off. You know what I mean? Tony Khan was in my ear and has directed me to tell you. Well, or you could have just said the announcement's on Rampage, so we get viewers on that, and then this announcement's made on Dynamite. Like, you don't do both things. That's, again, just not well thought out. But what is announced is, hey, Tony Khan doesn't like how this shit went down. So next week, there's a tag team match. And if MJF and Sammy Guevara win, then it is the main event as announced, MJF versus Sammy Guevara. But as expected, when Darby Allen and Jungle Boy win, it's going to be a four pillars, four-way match. So here's what I think. And I think maybe, and I'm hoping for the best here, I think they don't win. I think we get more dissension between Jungle Boy and Darby Allen, and they they cause their own troubles, and we get Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy at pay-per-view as well as this, what's going to happen between Sammy Guevara and MJF? Well, we so I would like that. However, the next thing that happens totally unravels the relationship between Sammy and MJF. So we go to a commercial break. Then we come back. Renee Paquette's trying to get in a word with MGF and Sammy Guevara, but they're walking out of the arena because they're pissed off. And then. Oh, MGF is killing it here, though. Like he's. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's full 80s right wrestler thing. screaming, like just yeah. out of his mind pissed. But here we go is where the dissension happens and where Sammy's going to say, fuck MGF. I'll take on all three of them. Uh, they get to the car, which is an SUV. And Max tries to get in and Sammy's like, all right, I'll get in too. And Max is like, Hey, the car is full. The camera then goes like, no, it's fucking not. It shows us that no one else is in there. And then Max gets in leaving Sammy out in the cold. That's then where next week. Yeah. Sammy's going to be like, fuck you all. I'll beat all of you. I'm the best pillar. And we'll get a four way. For me. I love those moments. Cause it's like, Hey, Sammy, I know you brought gear with you. Were you just going to abandon your gear and go wherever Max was going in your underwear? And boots? Yeah. Like, yeah. what if you had to stop to get a fucking blunt wrap from right. the quick trip? What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. No clothing stores are open at 11 o'clock at night. You know what yeah, I mean? What are you hopping into the Walmart and trying to get a couple of t-shirts off the clearance rack to get yeah. through the night? Uh, Wasn't your phone in the locker room? Yeah. Where's that? Yeah. Don't you have valuables with you? Where's your wallet? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. So drink then, soap. God damn. Yeah, drink soap, idiots. Uh, all right. So then Adam Cole makes his entrance. Neat. And he. 
curses at Chris Jericho. Hey, yeah. All right. Look, <laughs> Adam Cole does a good job here, but I've told you this. He plays the role right here. This is what he's supposed to do. He did it well. Yeah. It's not him in this feud that I'm mm. uh, apathetic about. It's Chris Jericho again. And good fucking Lord. Did Chris Jericho look like the Crypt Keeper on the fucking big screen? Christ almighty. He had more fucking white spots on him than a fucking UFO map. Like mm. it was fucking miserable. Like yeah. what are all these unidentified flying objects on this motherfucker's face? It was shit. Yeah. I'm not bought in on this. I'm not, but, but here's the thing to me and whatever, if you love Chris Jericho, pro wrestling's big enough to where we can both have this opinion and still watch pro wrestling. But since the BCC, JAS feud that had the anarchy in the arena. After that, Chris Jericho fucking sucks. 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 And to be honest with you, it's really since MJF, but because that anarchy in the arena thing was so much fun with Eddie Kingston and all the other people, I let it slide. But Jericho fucking sucks. Yeah, I'm I'm just done with this. I don't, it's not helping the Adam Cole character any. No, I don't know what it does for him. Cause, cause, okay, so say he wins, neat. Guess yeah. what? You get Adam Cole, right. mid card, yeah. with these two fucking New Japan nerds. You get to take on Powerhouse Hobbs on Rampage. <laughs> yeah, cause look at the fucking wonders it's done for Ricky Starks, where he fucking is taking on two of the worst talents on the mic that I've ever seen. Yeah, well, and just so, all right, so if we're nice. to, he's angry, right? Because his wife was brutally beaten through this scheme that Jericho concocted. But, like, we don't see the brutal beating again, right? And we don't, like, mm-hmm. I, of course, the well, brutal beating really wasn't brutal, so we're not going to maybe rehash it. But Well, but we do get a black eye, which then when we see Britt Baker here in a little bit, they zoom in on that fucking black eye yeah. to let us know. But yes, yeah. I do agree with you what, what they're trying to say here. So here's the thing that we get some fun in at least. Uh, Jericho says like, I'm not going to beat you up, but my crew is. And so it's four on one. They're beating up Adam Cole. Then, and this is a plot hole or maybe something I forgot, but Bandito and Orange Cassidy run out. Which, if I can remember correctly, Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole had a lights out match because yeah. they fucking hated each other so what, much. What is this about? Like, why yeah. would they come to his rescue? Right. That didn't make sense. But hey, look, it might have been something that Orange Cassidy doesn't like JS and I didn't what catch faces that. do, right? Good guys help well, each other out. Yeah, there must have been something that I didn't catch, which probably happened. It, I've missed things in the past. Sure, it was on BT. We'll put that to the side. Yeah, we'll put that on uh, on the side. But then, because JS has the superior numbers, we hear, and I swear to God, Tim, I thought it was CM Punk because this was CM Punk's music in WWE. We hear, we hear end of heartache, but it's the man Charisma forgot, Roderick Strong. Fucking neat. Uh, what? Who cares? about Roderick. I would have rather seen Bobby Fish make a return than fucking Roderick Strong. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't know what 
what it is with erotic strong i like again people want to talk about oh he's great have you seen the roh matches moves don't matter doesn't only apply to flips and shit right moves don't matter also applies to the mat based technicians who can do every hold in the book and notes 45 submission like i don't give a fuck (laughs) like i need some showmanship i need some charisma i need some i need some like moments right and roderick strong gives me none of those well because he can't because he doesn't have any charisma and look his wife is there who also has no charisma and that's fine. Marina Shavir, Roderick Strong, oh, Marina Shavir. Really? Right? Yeah, they're married. The problem. She is the whole reason. Yeah. She, yeah. Which. Aptly named. <laughs> yeah. And. Drink so, soap. <laughs> dr- yeah. Both of them. Ha- have a, have a cocktail of soap, you two, and just fucking live it up. Cause that would do everyone a favor. I'm kidding. Sports hate. I, the, both the, yeah, because here's the thing. And again, they're probably I think great they're, people. Well, and that's the thing I want to clarify because I think they're using their real names. So I always want to clarify this. Like when I hated John Cena, which the John Cena character fucking sucks, uh, but the person seems like a legit good person. I'm distinguishing the two. Well, he did all the make a wishes and stuff yes. and all of He's that. He's got you know good qualities. Like, yes, of course. Yeah. Most folks. But like, but like, I don't know Roderick Strong, the human being, and Marina Shafir, the human being. I don't know anything yes. about him. I'm not judging those right. people. I'm judging the WWE and AEW on-screen people that I see, which are fucking bad. <laughs> it's yeah, not. and this was the thing. This is like a thing they wanted us to get behind. Well, but here's the but here's the thing. Uh, the man that missed on every fucking shot he took by himself, Bobby Fish, left the fucking company. So we can't even do the undisputed era versus the super elite, right? Like you could do if Bobby Fish thought he could fucking play ball, undisputed era versus hangman well, and the elite. Again, again, if we're falling, AEW has never made light of like, they've never acted as though like WWE doesn't exist. They'll acknowledge that like, these characters existed in another world over here. And like, Mm -hmm. why is Roderick strong just ready to fight for Adam Cole's honor and hug the guy? Wasn't there an issue last we knew with these folks? Yeah, but we don't want to remember that. We want to remember the, the faction, right? Um, but they hug now. I will say, even though it didn't make sense in this episode. Yeah, there was, uh, now, I will say, even though it didn't make sense that Orange Cassidy and Bandito came out to make the save, there was a moment where Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy gave them, like, the side eye. So we'll see where that leads. We don't know. Mm. Uh, all right. So then we get QTV. And Hobbs says, make it right. So I like Hobbs's play here, right? Like, listen, you motherfucker. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you told me you were the secret, right? You were gonna help, and now, now, like, what the fuck? Like, everything was good when I was doing my own thing. And mm-hmm. he's like, whoa, 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 right? Like, calm down. Like, we'll take care of it. Like, yeah, but I, you were a champion, right? Like, I like that. If maybe we get away again, I like the QTV angle, just not as like a specific storyline against somebody, right? It's almost With like Hobbs. a filler. Yeah, it's almost like a this week in AEW, right? Like, and mm-hmm. you sprinkle in some making fun of stories, right? Mm-hmm. Make it actually TMZ. So, yeah. 
But if you're not going to do that right now and you're tied to Hobbs, I prefer this where, like, Cutie Marshall was like, I can do great things for you. And, like, look. And he goes, oh, okay. And now those things dry up. And he's like, what the fuck, man? Fix it. He's like, oh, okay. And now we got to watch QT try to fix it because QT ain't going to fix it. And, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And QT is going to keep stepping in shit. So I don't hate that. Yeah. Our best friend QT stepping in shit always makes us happy. Um, so, yeah. That we'll see what happens there. Then Tim is right before the main event. You know what that means. I do know what that means. <clears throat> it's time, time for, for the, the women. <laughs> I want to yeah. do that sometime, like a Spanish soccer goal announcement. Yes, <laughs> just carry that for like three and a half minutes. So we do have here a championship match, which was uh, good to see, even though it should have main evented, because if there's only a championship match, that should main event. Uh, before we go too much further, I want to address the chat. Theo says hugs are good. And hugs are good. I wasn't knocking the hugs. I was just pointing out a lot, a of, lot them. of them. Yeah. 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 Uh, but we have, we have challenger Ty Valkyrie, who, side note, I was told it's fucking good each time, not proving the point. <laughs> I, I I think not bad, just not, you know, mm? not great. Rather see sky blue. Uh, she takes on dead serious. Uh, she takes on champion Jade Cargill. Mm -hmm. And long story short, Ty goes for her finisher, which is also Jade's, which was outlawed in this match. She can't. Cargill thinks fast, gets a roll up. Ha ha. We'll get the match of the pay-per-view. Man, I just really don't know. I honestly went into this thinking like, I'm okay. If they, you know what I mean? If they finally have Cargill lose and we pull the trigger on her going over to chase something better i honestly don't care who it is and i was like right. this one when you look at it on screen looks like an appropriately sized opponent right like so you're right. like all right mm -hmm. fine i'm fine with it not rio yeah right and then we didn't get there and so now i'm left with god damn what do we gotta do well at What's the main next? event main event she'll or not the main event excuse me at the pay-per-view she'll get the move and reinstated so that she can do it and then she'll hit it and then she'll beat jade cargill they'll do a rematch jade cargill won't win then we won't see her for a few weeks then whoever the champion is most likely jamie hater will be like i don't have any challengers and then jade cargill will be like i'm flexing oh, on here's how you do it. and then we go so yeah ty valkyrie gets the move reinstated she gets the win so then you get the rematch and jade cargill's like fuck that i'm gonna beat you and everybody's like oh my god jade cargill and a main event female comes out and fucks with her. And it was like, you know, just with the guys of like, I'm cutting you down, right? Like, you think you're going to be mm -hmm. the next big thing? Like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, time for some change. And then that distracts Jade Cargill moving forward. And Ty Valkyrie carries the TBS yeah. title. Yep. Yeah. And look, I'm you not think saying that'll happen. I, yeah. Million percent. Okay. That's right. And here, here, let me clarify. Taya Valkyrie is fine. Like you said, she's not bad. But if you gave me a choice, I'd rather see Sky Blue. 
I'd rather see Willow Nightingale. Willow Nightingale. I'd rather, I'd rather see Britt Baker. I'd rather see um like probably 20 other women before I'm picking Ty Valkyrie. And everyone told me, how the fuck don't you know this girl? Now I know why. Anyhow, um, post-match, uh, Ty's pissed. Then she, for whatever fucking reason, wants to grab Aubrey Edwards, even though she agreed to the fucking match like a fucking noob. Drink soap, Ty. The fuck you thinking here? Aubrey Edwards didn't do anything with her Marilyn Manson looking ass. She rolls out of the ring. And the fuck was that? Like, that didn't lead to anything. Like, at least hit the move. You fucking scrub. You can't even hit your finisher on a ref. Sweet dreams are made of these. Um, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, I hit my finisher out of nowhere. The fuck you do? Refs just stopped you on hitting on a ref. Yeah, that was an interesting move. I, lame. Yeah. Lame. I agree with it you. It was lame. All right. Uh, then we go backstage and Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter cut meaningless promos. Who the fuck cares what they oh, say? Hater forgot her last line almost. Oh yeah. She all yeah. yeah if you caught that where she was like, Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, and the oh, last yeah. part too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause and we're then... gonna kick your ass. <laughs> That's kind of mm-hmm. how it happened, yeah. And then we follow that meaningless promo, which again, they did fine. And like you said, Jamie did almost forget it, which we'll talk about another person who almost forgot their fucking promo, but instead they almost did in front of the live crowd, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, But then we go to another fucking meaningless promo. Bullet Club Gold. This fucking pyramid scheme. Is it it Bullet Club Gold or is it Bang Bang Gang? Oh, who... Let's not do that. It's the Let's... fucking worst. Yeah. You, of you, whoever the fuck you are that told me Jay White's the you fucking shit. But like, I'm being dead serious. Write an email, tweet the table if it's more concise. Tell me why the fuck Jay White you think should be in the ring with goddamn John Moxley, Hangman Adam Page, Eddie Kingston, fucking Kenny Omega, any of these top level stars. This fucking dork has the charisma of a fucking kid stuck in ISS. He is so fucking lame that nobody wants to be like. What was the yeah. line Greg Giraldo said in one of the roasts? He's like, this guy's got the sex appeal of a school bus fire. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I will give him that. <laughs> he does look good getting off the bus. Sure, right. He does right. win some awards of yeah, good, yeah. looking good Hasn't getting off the bus. Hasn't ate a carb in months. Yeah. Right. But him and Sideshow Bob fucking methed out Dalton Castle. Fuck them. They are losers. If they beat Ricky fucking Starks, I'm going to write a strongly worded letter straight to Tony Khan. Because that is bullshit. Like... <laughs> Can I see what this letter fuck? before you mail it? Uh, let's read uh, yeah, it. You might. Yeah, you might. It's making an open letter first on the Spanish yes, announcement. and then I'll send it. It's exclusive Substack content there. Yeah, because, like, these guys are fucking nerds. I want to hurt them. They are I don't nerds. like them. Yo, they are nerds. And this, going back to early days for you Table Nation enthusiasts, the early days of the Spanish announce table, Jay White 
and Juice Robinson are nerds that act cool, right? Mm-hmm. They are nerds who are like, we're the big dick swinging coolest guys in the room. And it was like, no, you are not. No, yeah. you're not. And the only place that you're allowed to feel that way is apparently fucking Japan. Because <laughs> like that's where all of you nerds who act cool seem to go and get over. Yeah, go fucking meet up with Carl Anderson and that fucking tall guy that I forgot his name and fucking hang out with, I don't know. Listen, listen I have come around on, on a guy like AJ Styles in my, in my life here and talked about how great of a talent he is. However, I don't think you would in this day and age call him a cool guy, right? <laughs> yeah. And but in Japan, suddenly he was like Elvis, fucking went like, yeah, no, guys, no, yeah, it's <laughs> these guys are fucking. And I, look, they might put on a match that'll get me one over because the Young Bucks did three years worth. And let's let's check the record, bud. It was three years worth until I really turned over a new leaf on the Young Bucks. It wasn't like day one of AEW and then, oh, they're fucking great. It took me a while. Took you a while to get and some they, socks. Well, and also they changed a little bit of themselves, right? They're not doing a, a lot of that obnoxious bullshit that they used to. And when they were doing the obnoxious bullshit, it was original, right? They were attacking sneaker culture and saying, look at us wrestling in $2,000 sneakers, which was something that no one else did. Because that was my biggest that was criticism is that was yeah, good stuff. that was my biggest criticism of them is you're not cool you're just doing what you saw the NWO did and then you're just doing flips and shits that I don't care about right so like that's why you fucking suck and on top of that you're doing 45 minute matches when the Usos only had 12 minutes and are doing just as much as you so like shut the fuck up you're not the greatest of all time and I still don't think they're the greatest of all time that's a side quest but these two fucking guys. Boy, they are at the bottom end of my grading scale of who the fuck I want in the roster. Nerds that I cool, and they should drink soap. <laughs> drink soap. Uh, what happened after that? Um, oh, I've then we never get to the heard event. you in my life say that insult, <laughs> and now it's all I want to use. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, all right, so then we get to the main event. Uh, Brian Danielson's on commentary. It's Butcher and the Blade, which why they've never won a match on AEW television. Uh, and they're taking on Kenny Omega and Takeshita. So, man, and this is so I, I said this earlier, this might be a theme. I like that AEW exposes us to new talent. They'll put mm-hmm. a name you haven't really heard much or don't see often on the show. But the main event, we've got. One half of your most underutilized tag team versus some guy who you could interchange with four other guys on the card. Well, and here's the other thing. One guy that tell me the most notable win he has Brian cage. Like Takesha doesn't beat anyone. He lost Eddie Kingston. He lost to Claudio. He lost to John Moxley. He lost to Brian Danielson. Like, why does he deserve it? Just because he's teaming with Kenny Omega? Put Cutler in there. Like, it's the same to me. They both probably had the same win record. Like, who cares? But it happened. Uh, but it's really to get the post-match angle, right? I mean, let's not be too harsh on it because it was really to build the post-match angle. Uh, Omega and Takesha win. Now, let me 
point out another fucking bad thing about this episode, which I'm saying a lot. This was not, this was probably an all time worst episode. If I'm being honest with you. Um, so we're moving Blackpool combat club into their next feud. We just had him with JS where it was, well, what will Daniel Garcia do? Will he choose a JS or Blackpool combat club? So we do all that fucking shit to have, Daniel Garcia say, I'm staying with JS. Okay, cool. We move on. Now we're doing Blackpool Combat Club with the Elite, where we're saying, Takeshita, who are you going to pick? Blackpool Combat Club or the... It's the same fucking story. So, and I don't know what the real story is, and I don't really want to know, but the story is Hangman and the Elite... And will they reunite to take out the big bullies on the block, the Blackpool Combat Club? Who the fuck cares about Takeshita right now? Like, I, I get it what Takeshita was held. We could have done that in a fucking interview, right? The moment, in my opinion, was made for Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are in peril. The numbers are overwhelming. And who can save them? and it's cowboy shit and Kenny Omega clears the ring and then we get a hug with Kenny Omega and Hangman and hugs are good and hugs are great especially in this episode would have fit in great but instead we get all nonsense which then leads to Takeshita holding hands with Blackpool Combat Club but then he's not going to but maybe he is and swell well here's the thing too like I've seen nothing to believe that securing the services of Takeshita is going to swing a whole fuck ton into your favor. Like, what does it matter? Yeah, he he doesn't win. <laughs> now, Yuta didn't win a lot either, but he won us over through grit because they beat the fuck out of him, right? It was yeah, they beat him all, into the gang. Yeah. yeah. Brian uh, Danielson and John Moxley beat him into the gang. Wow, that's how he got his initiate. Yeah. And so that's how he got in. But if we're just going to say, Takeshita, just come run with us. Well, that ain't the way that Yuta did it. So that should cause friction between those two. And then also, yeah, what is he, 1 in 13 on TV? Like, I don't know, man. This yeah. was not a good episode. Not a good episode. I, I mean, agree. it was good. Look, it was better than Raw. It was better than SmackDown. But for AEW standards, it wasn't good. May not have been the greatest of episodes, but this right here of the Spanish announce table was a great episode. Also a great episode was our our special content of Pro Wrestling's best mock draft, which will be coming out in the next, I don't know, day or two here, depending on when I get the fucking time. Uh, (laughs) So uh, until next week when we come back with another edition of the Spanish announce table proper, uh, keep checking out the Spanish table.substack.com for all the daily content. You can get it delivered directly to your inbox. If you want, you can sign up and subscribe really helps us out. Uh, and until then drink soap. The Spanish announce table.